This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. Stay safe this festive season. And remember, if you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. The final episode of Series 7 of the sounding board. Damien Barrett, Craig Hutchison with you. And Hutchie, as I say hello to you today, I need you off the very top of our final show for 2022 to take me through the past seven days. You've had a, a whirlwind Quick hit, stop, run, go mission to the World Cup. And I've had a win. In the last episode of the year, and I've had a win. What is it? It's time code, as you like to do. 12.46pm Monday at the time of recording. The win is this. You, being an AFL.com identity, pushed hard for this podcast to be released at 6am Sunday morning, <laughs> hoping that people would listen to the sounding board instead of watch the Socceroos game. You pushed hard. You had Jane lined up for this. You said, we're going to drop it at 6am. You wanted a Saturday night record. You thought we could put out a competitive product to the World Cup. And I said, no, Damo, you've got a tin ear. You're not listening to the mood of the people. The people want the Socceroos. And anything deemed to be competitive or disrespectful to that will not work. Unfortunately, got- you did not uh, pass it on to your colleagues at the AFL. And we're left with this fiasco. Haven't people got um, themselves all worked up over that fixed release at what was it, 6 a.m. Yeah. of the, basically the same time as the World Cup match started. So you're the AFL head in the room, so defend mm. yourself. What's there to defend, Hachi? You think it was the right timing? Oh, I didn't even know until people started bombarding you yeah. and I on our on our social media feeds tra- to the did, sounding board. It didn't travel well, that announcement. No, but again, I, I, I think you know my views on these things. You've got a choice. You, you can choose to click on something or you can choose to bypass it. And you can choose to go and watch the soccer instead of reading. I didn't read the round one fixture until later that night. I couldn't care for it at that time of morning. It's a hornet's nest. It stirred up a hornet's nest. But why? People. It's only because people want to get angry, Hachi. Why do we want to get angry over everything? It's, I can understand people asking the question, and it may be, it may have been interesting timing, but is it, was it World War III worthy? No, it wasn't, and people move on quickly. For, for what it's worth, my view was that it was the wrong decision, and I don't often say that. But why? Them. What's the big deal? What is the big deal? Well, I th- what I think they meant to do... And I'm not defensive of them naturally, Hutch. I, I criticise them as much as anyone. Just go and listen defensive. to them. Listen to you. You're defensive. Everybody. I'm not defensive. You're already getting worked AFL. up about a casual conversation to joke it off the top. <laughs> what I think they meant to do was leak it to the Sunday paper and then release it quickly Sunday morning after it was in the paper, right? So that the strategy, I don't think, was designed to be... Which is their 101 strategy yeah, when it comes to fix your so release. Give bit, it to the Herald Sun. There was enough of it leaked in the paper on Sunday for it to... like. So did they release it at, at 6 a.m. On, on their own yeah. platform? So I, I wasn't oh, even aware. Press release at 6 a.m. Right. So I wasn't even aware of that until now, people started pestering us on our sounding board handle. Now, yeah. in, in I think what happened was in their mind, they thought the Sunday is the best bang for buck on newspaper. We'll leak it to the Sunday, the best part of the draw. Which is what they do. And they'll follow it up with the early morning press release to say, oh, what you read in the paper is kind of true without saying it. Kind of true. <laughs> Funny enough, but it's I exactly true. I think they thought through the timing of the soccer game or how it would be <laughs> perceived. Because it was a 6 a.m. start, yeah. it wasn't the soccer, from and, memory. And that game on Sunday oh. stirred an, a, a national sentiment that very few things have stirred in a very long time I don't think we've country. ever seen it. If, on, on a certain element of it, yeah, in I agree. Every, in every city... Yeah, and the Victorian to be fair, the Victorian government we've mm. been pretty critical of them at different yep. times this year. They were ahead of the curve on the cinema with the sites. You mean the sites? Yeah, they read the temperature. In Amy the room Stadium being long opened up before everyone else. Yeah. they had Fed Square humming. Yep, they then had the overflow of people watching on television at Amy. There were the twenty thousand at Amy. Yep, more to watch it on TV. Yeah, up to thirty to watch it on television. Mm. You saw uh, the New South Wales Premier 
uh, in the Adelaide Premier's late, finally late tuned in last Thursday and <laughs> yeah. go, there's free goodwill going here. What, how come we're late to the party? So Victoria led the charge. And I think, to be fair to the AFL, who probably aren't used to having to think about anyone else, it just wasn't thought through. It did come across as a little bit. Well, it, it, we're in such a moment of national sentiment that it did come across as a little bit um, disrespectful, I think. As in, look, look at us right now. It did. It wasn't, yeah. I didn't think it was meant to be. It wasn't yeah. the intent. I think yeah. the intent was just a Sunday paper and you probably had 25 years of not having to worry about anyone else or thinking <laughs> about anything else. So yeah. I just think it was one of those just inadvertent own goals, Damo. So we've got the drip feed of round one now yep. and we'll have the drip feed of just round five, won't we, with the uh, the magic round. That, that'll, that'll be uh, that'll be uh, the next inclusive yeah, drip the, feed release. On round one, I know there's a ne- – I, I don't want to get into Caro's territory here because Caro <laughs> could spend – a whole show of anything on the fixture, and I could care less, really. But I'll offer my two bobs worth, though, mate. Yeah, go for it. Why we don't play... Like, I was disappointed to see the start date, which is the Thursday, the 16th or 17th of March. Why we don't play the weekend earlier is beyond me. There's a public holiday in Melbourne on that Monday that is huge, Labor Day Monday. Yeah. Why we've never played on that day? Why is there a three-day long weekend in Victoria, the weekend before, and we don't start there when the NRL's on. I, don't, I never understood it. A lot of the timings, Hutchie, and you know this, it goes back to the traditional crickets over summer up to an inclusive of late March in some respects in district cricket finals. Shield finals used, oh, to, be as, shield finals used to be as late as March, some of them. We, we don't know. We don't when the at, shield meant something. I think we've worked, walked past uh, working around the shield or district schedules any longer. I'm just giving you a reason, I know Hutchie. the history. And it is still a dominant... I mean, go, go to Queensland. Go, go to Queensland and, and, and that, that timeline on, yep. on what is your traditional time of the calendar, yep. access to certain venues, i.e. the Gabba, it's still in play. I would go, Willie. Now, I didn't yeah. answer your question. You didn't uh, answer your question. So, so take me through. You and I spoke Monday, this time well, last week, roughly. So, so you, you jumped on a... In fact, I think you were leaving the studio. In, you were... Were you in New Zealand? You were in New Zealand, weren't you? Yep. You were leaving New Zealand last week to go to Doha. Yep. So I went... It was a 20-hour flight in the end, which I... I must admit, I didn't read the tea leaves on. I thought In my head, I thought it was much shorter than that. It's a fair hike, isn't 20 it? 20 hours via Kuala Lumpur. So I based myself in Dubai. You're still travelling up the right end of the plane, though, aren't you? Uh, Even in this, this day and age of, of, of heightened use, airfare use, prices. Use some points, effectively. But uh, <laughs> I went from Auckland to Dubai via Kuala Lumpur to refuel. Hang on, Auckland? Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm with you. I'm, still, I'm with you. Based in Visually. Dubai for four days. Yep. It's a 45-minute fly into. Doha from Dubai. Yes. And it's a nice, and Dubai is a great base for a Doha. You can have Dubai. I, I, I don't want to see it again. Don't you? No. I, I don't want to see Paris or Dubai again. Um, and unlike uh, Robert Avalia from Seven, I had my Haya card. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Robert Avalia. Because Kevin Perry's alerted us to this story yeah. about uh, Channel Seven not having someone on the ground, and it was all because of the visa. So, I read that story on, on uh, Black Box and. Yeah. And, and noticed that there was a massive procedural issue in order to get to Doha. I can't imagine you going through it. You would have got someone to do it for you. Yep, yeah, correct. Yeah. And I had some great support. But <laughs> some you need, great support. You need your Haya card. So there's my Haya card there. There's give, my, give us a look. There's my picture and my status. <laughs> now, the Haya card. That's taken someone a full week back to back to get for you. The Haya card status did change. Right. To allow. Because you, you, until December the 2nd, you needed to have a guaranteed ticket. A guaranteed hotel room and fly Qatar Air in to get in, basically. So there was lots of caveats. Yep. That opened up on December 2. Unfortunately, Seven hadn't planned. <laughs> By the way, I was amazed how many people I ran into going in and out of the ground that I knew. Right. It was like going to the G. Really? It was just everywhere. Yeah. And on the, on the media end, Clint Stanaway was there, Sam McClure was yeah, floating yeah. around doing his thing. It was Sam there, yeah. yeah. Um, but Seven went there. So Seven then scrambled. They sent Robert Avati to the airport. 
he didn't have his hair card sorted. They had someone evidently in Adelaide who had been approved, but they thought, you know, you're rolling the big guns at the big time. Oh, Rob's got to go. <laughs> Robert Avalia, seven years. You, so, could, you could have um, done a little bit of moonlighting for Channel 7 like you did in the old days. You, you covered a World Cup in the past, didn't you? Or at least a World Cup qualifying. I did Uruguay twice. There you go. Yeah. So, so, so there you go. So seven didn't get in. Did you think you could have seized an opportunity there, Hutchie, to cover for seven? Little stringer, little stringer job. And I was, I was <laughs> little as, per diem to work for seven. As the old uh, retired ex-hack I am from TV News, is watching the piece to cameras and the manipulation of the backdrops. I used to on the outside <laughs> firsthand. It was a joy to watch. Didn't you? Uh, didn't you get this name of the Socceroo wrong when you threw him on the live ad break? Haven't you told us that a few if live news break? Oh, yeah, haven't did. you told us that yeah, a few yeah, times? Robbie Slater and Robbie just <laughs> mixed up. I also asked. Uh, Agostino on the ground, how he felt after four years earlier coming off, and and he said, "I didn't play four years ago." Mate. <laughs> so my my uh, career was done. But anyway, long yeah. So so you, so you got there, and the experience experience was amazing. So they basically built seven MCGs in the one city with roofs. It's incredible what yeah. they built in such a short period of time. Now you can have your own. Everyone rightfully have their own views and judgment on the on the human rights side of it. I'm not here to get involved in that. No, on, the sports side of it. Yeah, but on the sports side of it. It was it was impressive what they were able to build in such a short period of time, and and it's been, I think the place both Dubai and Doha are alight with World Cup fever. So you had one night only in Doha, Doha. yep. And how did you spend that night? I uh, went to I found a um, a very uh, weird bar beforehand. Our great mate Brad Blanks found. Of course, he one did. of the very few places you could have so a drink. So Blanksy's over there. <laughs> and then post game went to the Four Seasons outside, and there was a whole FIFA activation, which was unbelievable. So there, yeah, there's a there's so a, no, normal um, beer drinking, alcohol serving bars. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of, but um, not in the venue, not in the venue. Yeah, which was good, by the way. Yeah, I wouldn't think that's a bad yeah. thing. Having a Bud Zero, which I did, I had two Bud Zeros during the game, and having everyone there for the event mm. and not sidetracked by the bars. I thought it was it was great. Everyone who left, I know, left going. That was actually really good. Yep. It didn't it didn't deter from the experience at all. Uh, just before we sign off on, on the on the Robert Avardia thing. Yes, by the way, you know, just an observation on this. Even though seven look a bit silly, not having someone there and everyone else did. What's the cost to send someone? Do you think? Like, you time you send a cameraman, a, a reporter, you get the link fans, you get the feedback. Yeah, satellite costs would be huge. Yeah, they're yeah. Oh, is it fifty grand, hundred grand, hundred and fifty? Like, it's they're not an inexpensive exercise. I couldn't imagine being less than a hundred. I don't reckon as, there's as, as as your entry point. If you if you surveyed five hundred Melbournians and said, did seven or nine have a reporter on the ground, and did it affect your relationship with the news at night? You wouldn't get one person to answer that no, question I would, correctly. Because I've started my ten weeks off, Hutchie, not twenty two. I've actually watched a bit of news recently. Been able well, to got nothing else to do. Well, twenty two weeks. I'm enjoying the break actually, and I am actually tuning out. You need to be a trained eye and to even know they're not there. No, no, you don't, because Clint Stanaway immersed himself in it. He, I, it was very obvious that he was there and, and put himself into you didn't, it. You didn't go, didn't change your consumption habits. You didn't go to the news and go, wait a minute, Clint's there and seven aren't there. No, I didn't. No, I just watched nine. It doesn't drive, but, it doesn't but, drive your behaviours. But now, you don't it, do enhanced it. The, it enhanced – I know that's a, an unusual thing these days to uh, try to enhance your broadcast, but no, it did enhance it. There's no doubt that it's a better product having the person there than not. Hmm. But my argument is it doesn't move the needle either way, really. It was it, pretty good. If you, I don't, mean, he, he, if you don't do it 50 times in a row and the other mob do, then it starts to become a pattern. But my, I would argue that – I think they rolled the dice and felt that – the the soccer or the, the Aussie team weren't going to get I was, past the qualifying. I was past the first yeah, stage. I was the beneficiary as a reporter of a lot of misspent money on travel <laughs> for journalists. But I would argue that it's not nearly as needed as networks <laughs> proclaim. <laughs>
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, they've got massive budgets, those newsrooms, haven't they? Oh, not as big as they once were either, by the way. I know. But they're still... Yeah, so I, I don't think... I think it's a bad look in not, not being there. What does it does it show up in a ratings in any way, shape, or form though? Well, if you want to apply that lens to anything, Hutch, you you wouldn't bother with anything, would you? You just take a simulcast of you know a world news feed, wouldn't you? If if, if you want to look at it that way, yeah, I would. I can understand why they didn't send someone, and they and clearly they didn't think they'd make the round of sixteen, and no one really did. Mm. How big was it being in that equally, moment? Equally, when- what you need. By the way, news directors can often fall victim to the internal lobbyist. Yeah. You know, 12 months out, could sound always knocking the door. Look, I've had a look ahead of the fixture. <laughs> I just think this is going to be so big. I'm hearing, you know, I'm going to get access. And like, you got to, the journalists sell themselves on the travel. But would Danny, Danny Widler been doing the same thing in Sydney, trying to get the national vote as well? Yeah, well, he would have been, or well, he would have been in the Rugby League World Cup, wouldn't he? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's, that's what happened. Hey, got, before we get to the Soundies, uh, a glass jaw, one last glass jaw of the year. Well, do you want to hold it? Because I think the glass jaw you're about to refer no, to might, might become no, no, the, no. the winner of the no, Sandy different. glass jaw of the year. It's not right. It's different. Are you sure? Hit the, hit, hit the music. <laughs> Someone's going to go at us. This can't happen. Someone outside the tent's bagging us. <laughs> this is not acceptable. Now, correct me if I did this last week because I was a bit foggy in the airport in uh, Auckland. <laughs> Hang on, you've sold his heart and now you might... But has Chip LeGrand got the glass jewel he deserves yet? I don't think he has. No, the, 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 this is fresh. So Chip LeGrand on Twitter, hmm. glass jaw. Some of the criticism published on this platform about the ages coverage of Vic Votes has prompted me to briefly return from Twitter exile to address a false narrative doing the rounds. I'm sure I'll regret it, but here goes. A lot has been made about our headline, Labor Under Siege, etc., etc. That was the story. It would be easy to blame the subs. Easier still would be to offer one of those meek helpers that Twitter craves, where journalists self-flagrigate and promise to do better. If you're looking for either of these things, best to stop reading this thread now. He goes on to passion defence. And how you would have got to that point of that tweet anyway, I would have stopped about two words in, but keep going, Hutchie. Well, I'll stop there. So it goes on. Seriously. It's one of those threads people write on Twitter, you know, where the characters go for about a thousand. And people think it's important if you've got a thread, don't they? So Chip, respect him enormously, but that's undoubted glass jewel. That's sanctimonious, Hutchie. Getting sensitive about his headline. That that might be the most sanctimonious tweet of the year. Yep. (laughs) Shall we get into the soundies? Well, hang on. A couple of takeouts. He's on a Twitter exile anyway. so, well, yeah, because he used the word XL himself here. He's part of the. He's so part, he's part one of, the, of those guys who blew up. Did he yeah, blow Elon, up over the Elon Musk? Elon, yeah, yeah, okay, right. So he's thrown the toys out. Or he's, was it prior to that? Was it prior? He's anti-Elon. But he, but he had to come back on and use it. Yeah. But mind you, what I love about the Twitter exiles who return is yeah. you had to have seen it on Twitter to know to return. Yes. Yes. So you you when you, your exile really is in posting, not in reading. Correct. No, I've said that. You know, yeah. pe- people say they get they're, they're removing themselves from Twitter or social media, whatever yep. platform it is, but they stay an observer yep. on it, Hutchie. I don't know of anyone who's actually totally gone cold turkey on it. And if you thought Donald Trump was entertaining on Twitter, the, the first three weeks of Elon have been magnificent, haven't they? He's just going how, to people. How yeah. fascinating has it been? <laughs> I'll give you that. That has become an entertainment source of its own right, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's dropping you know, bombs. He's and taunting truth. people, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> and again. And don't judge us on what we think of what he's doing and other yeah. things. We're just talking about what he's doing yeah. with Twitter. And and so many people get got you, caught up. Get your popcorn ready stuff, I yeah. reckon. And nothing, actually, I'm yeah. sorry, nothing has changed on it, has it? I, I keep saying, I don't, I'm don't. i not on it all day, every day, like some. And, and I get people who do and need to be. So I just come in and out whenever I get a minute. But nothing's changed, has it? Have, have I, am I, have I missed something that 
that that has come across a desk that that hasn't been obvious to me because the, I don't the, think it has. The only thing's changed is the angrier I've got even angrier, and more people in exile yep. until they have to That's break it. the exile and explain, you know. Or, or, or try to get out of uh, issues that are there. Actually, it is the last episode, and uh, something we introduced last year were the sounding board. Soundies, we yep. called them. The awards, because it's, if it's good enough for News Limited to dish out awards to themselves, we, we thought it was only right that we got <laughs> into the act. And, and before I even start, I just want to just back over what I've been saying about you and, and to our listeners with your involvement in the show this year. You, you are the clear... MVP of the sounding board for 2022. Well, there's only two of us to pick from. Exactly. But you are the clear... It's the worst of the two evils, right? You, you, you are the clear winner of the MVP sounding board, just to start the soundies. It's uh, my the, first one. Yeah, it's the first one. Seven years. And, and Jane... Won six in a row. Jane's done some serious prep on this for, for us this year, Hutchie. She, um, she somehow set herself the task of going back through not so much the episodes, but the, the running sheets and the notes out of each episode. So all 43 episodes uh, are hopefully, in the next 10 to 15 minutes, going to be reflected in some form okay. over the so, awarding of the Soundies. So how do we do this? Do we read out the contenders and then nominate or does Jane how would I, I set think, this up for us? I, I think we might just allow Jane to just have some free reign with read this. The, read because, the contenders? Yeah, so, so so Jane's got a little plan with this and, and as always, as a great we, job, we, we often don't know how this is going to work, but it'll work better with Jane's involved. Over to you, Jane. to the sounding board and our annual The Soundies Awards, an awards first concocted by Hutchie and Damo to acknowledge the best and brightest in the sounding board universe. This year it was back to business for seasoned and fledgling reporters and journos alike with travel restrictions and Zoom meetings a thing of the past. But let us never forget the torture of Robbo from last year. Sorry, sorry, can't you? Can you hear me? Can you hear me back? Yes, you're coming in loud and clear, Robbo. Journos were finally able to go to AFL press conferences in person again, or not, and doorstopping was back on the agenda. Don't think about asking me a question. Do not even ask me a question. And Damo broke new ground by winding up on MediaWatch. But if the tribunal is fake, the journalists featured are real, like this man. Not for the first time, Damien Barrett fronted up to the charge of careless use of superlatives while breaking news, resulting in severe clickbaiting. The warming of Hutchie continued unimpeded, except if you happen to read the press in WA, in which case he's literally like the devil. Of course, 2022 was the year that Hutchie launched a new segment, The Glass Jaw. Someone's had a go at us. And there was a couple of segments that got parked and never mentioned again. While Damo started the year off strong with a healthy interest in the work of staff writers all over the country, it was soon surpassed by his obsession with source attribution. And despite vowing never to be drawn into it again, Hutchie couldn't help but roll out a couple of classic spin cities. And now to present the Soundies Award for 2022, Craig Hutchison and Damien Barrett. Live from the Nick McKenzie room at Crown Casino, this is the Soundies. <laughs> of course, the Nick's picture immortalised on the room as Crown does everything it can to bring its nemesis closer to the action. Uh, it's great to be here with the black tie and the suit on, Damos. We launched the Soundies and uh, we, we're going to walk through these awards. How's the pre-production from Jane there? It was outstanding. That was a real attempt from Jane to market herself as opposed to us. But we support and endorse That's that, That's the Jane. most production ever done yeah. on this show. Why don't we start it late today? <laughs> it's right. For three days. <laughs> <laughs> right, so... I liked it. I'll, I'll read you out a couple of nominees and then you can name the winner. Then we'll so we're not going to try and prioritise these or, or put them in, in any rational order. So our okay? first award is a clickbait of the year award. Yep. Right? Yep. 
Clickbait of the Year Award. The 2022 contenders are Nadia Vince over Sun's gastro smell in a luxury car, Herald Sun. <laughs> the West Australian, Prince William, is disappointed that he can't come to Perth for the Aston Villa friendly. The Herald Sun, who's the biggest butcher by foot? <laughs> And the Herald Sun again. It's guilty escapism, like watching the Kardashians, middle-class boredom or marketing brilliance, or what's behind Melbourne's obsession with the Beck Judd. Brackets, us. Um, and, and, drum roll, if you can, Damo, and you give us the and, winner. And before we get the drum roll, this award was introduced last year, Hachi, as part of the inaugural batch of Soundies on, yep. on the back of the Jimmy Daily Bartel's Mail. Uh, this is an article about uh, Jimmy Bartel clad in a black tracksuit and yep. matching face mark. The, fa- the father of two stared pensively into the distance yep. as he meandered down the footpath perhaps lost in thoughts well, about you, his former life as a married man. We well, did ask Jimmy to present this, but he was concerned about the potential paparazzi outside on the way in. So he, he, couldn't, he was couldn't perhaps lost in thoughts about his former life as a married man. So uh, that was the, so the reason for this award. Winner, the, clickbait, the 2022, the sound is clickbait of the year winner is? There's only one winner. Former wag Nadia Bartel has publicly outed her sick youngest son for making her and her luxury car smell like vomit after he got gastro. Yeah. That was a Herald Sun clickbait story, Hachi, no which doubt. we have yeah. nominated as the Soundie for 2022 yeah. under the Clickbait of the Year Award. And just somewhere right now listening in at News Limited will be someone looking at their own Verity score on the computer, listening to this, maybe with a wry smile going, I wonder if I could write a story about Nadia winning this Soundie and see if it could clickbait. <laughs> I can show up in a subscription rebate for me in this month's paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> so I encourage anyone to go to the subs desk right now and pitch that. And, and the kicker on that story uh, headline was uh, Nadia Vance over son's gastro smell in her luxury car. Yep. So yep. The warming of the year and the anti-warmest, anti-warming of the year. I think we need to get both into this, right? Well... There's a couple of nominations here, Hutchie, and I, I need to throw you in because you have been on a warming crusade now for the yep. best part of three years, and, and you've really ramped things up in yep. uh, in recent times. But unfortunately for you, you're only a nomination this year, and you're not amongst these finalists of Peter Dutton. I want, I want the warming and cooling of the year award. So the the one that the warming that went wrong. Well, the warming that went wrong was Matthew Without question. becoming Matt Guy. Yep. But he was a nomination for the warming. But well given the results in the election just handed down in Victoria here two weeks ago, yep. he's cool again. Well so done. it didn't work. Well done to the artist formerly known as Matthew, uh, a.k.a. Matt Guy. And and Peter Who's, Dutton tried the same thing too. But given the, the election result... the consultants who thought that taking the HEW off his name was going to get him elected. Yep. But it's a, that's the anti-warming or the cooling of the year. And the warming of the year would probably is Kane Corns. It is Kane Corns, yeah. 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 It, it has to be because uh, he's, he's putting people around with his views anyway. But the, the run between Adelaide and, and Melbourne, that, that, just, that just melted hearts, literally. The doorstop slash doorstopper of the year award? Yep. I think it's a compelling knockout win. I just don't think there's any nominations apart from the, the winner. And I'll, I'll go through a few of his achievements for the yep. year. First of all, his framing work was emerged as a real. He went from an anonymous framer. Are you going to name him yet, or are you going yeah, to no, sort of tease it, it? Yeah. He became a world class framinger. Yep. Um, Which you suggested he needed to do, he, and he listened to you. He did. Yep. Um, his framing work was superb. Yep. Uh, he's got a cameraman clearly aligned. I think he's a pitched himself at the anti. Uh, like Tom Brown wouldn't be. Super I think you're going to name him now. You're going to name yeah, him. It's Mitch Cleary. Yeah. Tom Brown wouldn't be super popular with the camos because he would be a bit like me, running hard and you know not necessarily that considerate about. Yeah. So I think they've. Mitch has seen a gap in the cameraman world. He's conscious of the he build a relationship. Yep. But I want to be framed in as part of this relationship. <laughs> 
Then he's gone. The Dustin Martin uh, tried to stop him on the way out in the boom gate. He got oh. Brody Gunning on the bike. Remember, he ran backwards on the bike. Brody Gunning <laughs> going into Collingwood. But I think this didn't he have a GoPro on one day as well? Yep. He had his own GoPro, and then he was aided and embedded by clearly those closest to St Kilda who were trying to manufacture five fake meetings that are Ross to say they hadn't been talking to him for a month. So the pictures served the St Kilda needs. Well, interestingly enough, Tom Brown had the front running on Ross he did. initially, but, the, but Mitch came home hard. The walk the dog with the iPhone and get <laughs> the vision outside and make, and make the cameraman redundant on a Sunday outside Andrew Bassett's house makes, when when the deal was actually being. Finalised. Yep. yep. Makes him the 2022 yeah. uh, Soundies doorstopper of the year. Okay. Well done. <laughs> All right. Well, moving along, Hutchie, we've got a we've under a tight uh, time constraints here, and we've got no, wind there's up. no time constraints. There's no it's time constraints. Okay. We'll go to the glass jaw uh, for 2022, and and I got to mention early because you introduced the glass jaw on a weekly basis, and. I reckon I got a couple of nominations early. You got a couple of nominations. Jared Waitley got a nomination. We gave Caro a couple of nominations. Mitch Cleary got a nomination for, for something he did during the course of the year. There's lots of other references. You've given Chip Legrand a good nomination, yep. and he came hard in that award, but your favourite this year when it came to having a glass jaw? Yeah, my, my 2022 glass jaw of the year is Chris Ullman from the Nine Network. We got two nominations <laughs> in a week. He got in a, in a war of words over the election coverage because he'd been writing about the election. Then he went on television to talk about it. People criticised the coverage and he'd never seen it. Like the, the first person to ever criticise him was the, was the print man. He only lost his nana for 10 days. He's on Twitter defending the coverage. and He blew up. So for an outstanding... I quite liked it, but you, you said it was glass jaw. Well, for an outstanding journalist as he is to be yep. as sensitive as he was about the criticism of his coverage. He got very defensive. Yeah, glass jaw. So well done to Chris. <laughs> yeah. It was the only two-time nominee for the year, and thanks to everyone who sent in their glass jaws for the year okay. along the way. We've got a backflipper of the year uh, nomination award this year, Hutchie. Yep. Um, and there is only the, the, the one nomination for it, and it is over the reporting of the Collective Minds camp yep. of the Adelaide Crows and the coverage of that by and within the age, particularly yep. with Sam McClure, also Caroline Wilson. There was a Quill Award that was uh, won, then removed, then reinstated. There was an apology from the organisation yep. at which Sam at the time worked for and had, had had his work published in The Age in advance of subsequent reporting by Eddie Betts and others pertaining to this whole story that uh, basically validated the story from a journalistic perspective. Then there was an apology for the apology. There was an apology for the apology. Yeah. yeah. So Gail Alcorn of the, of the Age newspaper, the editor, or the departing editor, I see. Yes, um, I did see. Undoubtedly wins this for the backflip of the year. There was a an apology before the story was uh, publicly yep. stood up as as the uh, the story that it always was yep. controlled by Sam McClure. There we go. Yep. Um, moving ahead to the um, the weirdest speech of the year. Yeah, actually, do you want to do that one? I, I was going to do that one. Oh no, I'm sitting you up for it. It's my We've man. Had plenty of nominations, <laughs> Damo. <laughs> um, well, but the the 2022. Um, most confusing speech of the year slash worst media performer of the year <laughs> goes to. Can, can I can I throw to this? Yep. Yeah. Th- th- this is pre-season AFL style. Western Bulldogs coach Luke Beveridge. Yep. Che Guevara in his motorcycle diaries says to be a revolutionist, you first need a revolution. And he's right, of course, but uh, someone or some group needs to start the revolution. And... Uh, 
On a more football-centric scale, our Bulldogs' revolutionary intent is to establish ourselves as a ben benchmark in this competition. How did I know you were going to get one away with Bimbo? Well, I nearly forgot about yep. it until Jane reminded me during the week. Uh, By the way, yeah. So well done to Luke. Yep. That speech uh, obviously didn't didn't stuck up in the end. No. Um, the easing out of the moustache at the national draft too. Did you notice that? Well, you you call this. He had the uh, chopper reed type yep. of. Uh, Mustaka, didn't he, all year. And then it got shorter and shorter by the week to the point yep. where it was almost just the normal moustache by the end of the season. Yep. And then draft night? Gone. <laughs> yeah. He was always it was always going to go at some stage on his terms, wasn't it? You were big on that, yeah. Archie. You were big on that. Um, the McCaffey Best Patch-Up Coffee of the Year Award is a clear winner. And there was a lot of nominees, but the overwhelming winner is Damo and Sonia Hood. <laughs> Seven years of criticising the Kangas. Getting Glenn Archer ringing me saying, tell your mate Damo every second week, and all of a sudden, you're back in the tent. You also win the Back in the Tent Award for Aussie Disposals, so well done. Uh, well, two awards in the one, did I? Yeah, you're like a... narrowly beating Ross Lyon, who's back in the tent at St Kilda, okay. you being back in the tent at <laughs> No, Melbourne. surely Ross wins the Back in the you've Tent been, Award. No, you've been bought... He walked out of the club. You've been bought close. <laughs> he, he actually walked out of the club, <laughs> and now he's back coaching it. Yep. Hachi, you, you love the story of Nick McKenzie, uh, the man that we've dubbed Winks on this show, being the, the, the best, basically, ever in journalism. And I, I'm, I'm talking internationally, not just Australia. Uh, winning awards that, that are often presented at Crown Casino despite trying to bring down Crown Casino and hence successfully wounding them along the way. Uh, I reckon we're going to have a little little tongue-in-cheek award this year, the, the Winks Award, for a story that was published about a month ago in the Herald Sun as part of the Herald Sun's then campaign to bring down Dan Andrews in yep. the lead-up to the uh, election. And lots of rumours have been flying around for, for many years on, on many topics and they had a good crack at it. And then they took a photo of of a set of stairs yep. at a rental property in Sorrento and and opened the story on the front page of the Sunday Herald Sun in question. The steps. That These are the premier. steps that dot, dot, dot. Took down a premier. So that, yep. yeah, that's it. That, There's a picture of some by steps. By the way, those steps have since been signed by Max Markson, who's <laughs> cocking their story at the moment for any interested media. Stairs are available for comment now, post uh, Dan, Dan winning. The... Uh, the the one for me, the hoodwink of the year, which is an extension of that. Hoodwink? Yep. Plagued. Australia's two years of hell, the inside story, which we picked up on at the time. Yes. Political journalists Simon Benson and Jeff Chambers sat on during the election. The Scott Morrison Secret Ministries. They had the story. They knew about it. They wrote about it in their book. You love. You picked up on this before and Media Watch did. did not do what they had to do, which is in the national interest, which could have affected the election, which was tell people about it during the election. Because it, like, if you think about how that story has, has aged, it yeah. has aged as a... It's a fantastic story. Fantastic story. He was censured during the week. Not, not that he cared he was for that. He the, was just typically he, smug he, in defending himself. How rare is it for a Prime Minister to be censored? That's how big a story censured. it was, censured. And it was not reported as a news story. Can you think? One of the biggest stories of the year. Oh, it's one of the biggest stories of all time when did, it comes to Australian politics. Did not get reported as a news story. And I can't believe how, how yeah. light they've been let off. Now, Great we, story to know it, by the way, but shocking that they didn't report it. Weird things fascinate you and me, Hachi. Hoodwink of the I like that, yeah. Um, we, we've, we've got uh, the, the Bureau of Meteorology, the bomb, bomb. In, the, in the gun. Yep. We've had the RBA, the Reserve Bank of Australia in the gun. Another thing that's really tickled our fancies this year, a couple of things. You've you got the RBA. The fact-checking, the fact-checking, but but also the, the use and, and phrasing of sources within media reports. Yep. And 
There've been some uh, very interesting ones, haven't we? And, and we, we we once did the scale of of what is a good source, and we decided that Impeccable was the best source, and that was on the front page of the Herald Sun one day. And Impeccable source told them, but then we had variations, and and we had Tom Brown saying, "Quote sources familiar with the deal. The final deal isn't concrete, but sources familiar with the deal." That was just a, an example. Yep. But the winner of the source attribution award of the year the, for the Sandy, the 2022 Sandy, goes to Jake Nolan. In one article. He had three references. One, sources familiar with some of the information. He also had, quote, well-placed sources. And he had also, just to top everything off, sources familiar with the investigation. Yep. So that, that wins. Easy. That wins. <laughs> that wins. Source attribution. Well done to Jake. Um, the Spin City Encouragement of the Year Award. I mean, runner-up, clearly James Campbell in news, defending the PM playing the ukulele on 60 Minutes. Personally, I found the clip increased my sympathy for him. And he was prepared to have a go at it in front of his wife and kids, little and the rest of us. Took genuine courage, especially as from the footage released so far. He seems to have failed at the task spectacular. Not anyone could have done that. So well done, but the winner clearly. Hey, before you get to the winner, we just do have uh, ScoMo playing that ukulele. Take me to the April sun in Cuba. Oh, <laughs> come the on! Fake, oh, that was my favourite bit. <laughs> yeah. um, and the winner? The winner is. The White House PR team who had to go out and face the music on Joe Biden's behalf for not knowing <laughs> that a dead person wasn't at the function. That's and right. defending That's the right. indefendable, undefendable. Which he, he didn't he attend a function um, yeah, celebrating he, he, the, the life of the said person? Yeah, he, he welcomed them into the room. No, well, but then a week later, welcomed them into the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that week earlier, though, he'd been at the function. It was brilliant. Oh. It was a brilliant attempt at Spin City, so my hat went off to that. Uh, taking out the trash, Archie, it's a phrase that's been around for 100 years in journalism, but you you like it a, a lot. Where, where have you gone? You've gone out of rundown Page 13. Yeah, page 13. Just page 11 and 12. Well, I've skipped page 11 and 12. Because I'm just on the run. Yep. That's what we do. Page 13. Taking out the trash. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. Well, first, it, first of all, not very few organisations have had to take out as much trash as the St Kilda Football Club have had to take out in the last eight weeks. They, I hope they're environmentally friendly because they need they've got they've got recyclables, they've got the greens. <laughs> they've got the orange bin as well, whatever goes in that one. They've got all the different colours of taking out the trash. And I think is that where you're heading? The overwhelming winner. Yeah. The 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 football department findings deep on a Friday afternoon, the St Kilda Football Club for um, the series of trash they took out over a period of time to bury uh, their transformational change demo. If you want to skip to fit page 15, Hutchie, there'll be one that tickles your fancy because I'm the subject of this particular award. Well, there's there's a late run at this. <laughs> yeah. I thought you'd like this. Yeah. That's why I've given it to you. That's why I was hunting when, you, uh, when I paused before. The award for the best listener contribution. So there's some real honourable mentions, but I think the winner comes this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is Adam Ashton... Yeah. I put out a call to, to say, could anyone spend the time, because our producers couldn't uh, allow themselves at this time, to count the number of eyes in Damo's interview with Max Becker on the Sporting <laughs> Max podcast. Yep. And Adam Ashton writes, I've heeded the call and done an analysis on the interview. Please see the audit below. I normally listen to all podcasts on two times speed, but I had to slow this one down because the eyes were flowing out far too quickly for me to keep an accurate count. The total count... I forecast that you'd become, you did a centurion's piece on the AFL. And you did say a, that. You did say that. 184. <laughs> 184 eyes. So I've had a, a world record. I've beaten Bob Pratt. <laughs> Max interview. He thought, Adam writes, I initially thought my under-over comment might be a bit facetious, but Damo covered the line comfortably. 
And note one, this was a little generous to Damo. He didn't count the stutters and stumbles and backtracks. Right? <laughs> so sometimes it might be, I believe, I believe that happened, or even I, I, I feel that. But he didn't count that as multiple. He counted it as one. He's just Dermot Burton numbers, isn't it? So the true number could be at least 80% higher. <laughs> and note two, a lot of me and my as well that would yep. further inflate the numbers plus times using you when referring to himself in the past, which is the royal we, of course, which is really an eye in disguise. Oh. <laughs> Hearing another 20 of those on district cricket alone. So the royal number could be 300, but 184, was it? Yep. yep. And trade radio, you were eight eyes. It, which is the reason we don't do we. You really love a Billy riding. Between 7.20 and 8.30, you hit 13 eyes. Yep. And after a bit of a break, you hit 18 eyes between the 11 and 12 minute 10 mark. Uh, looking back on your own career. So 184 uh, eyes. How are the Saudis going so far? Do you reckon this is good listening or no. not? No. <laughs> what about the uh, best use of plagiarism on an ongoing basis? Is there, is there an award there for oh, someone? The recent, well, they're alleged plagiarism anyway. Yeah. Um, the Courier-Mail columnist, uh, News Limited's own Peter Gleeson. Yep. Um, Amanda Mead writing a lot of articles, uh, or initial articles anyway, pertaining to uh, such allegations. And I think he has stood down, hasn't he, in recent times? Yep. Yep. The Frame Me In Award I gave. Danny Wilder was runner-up, by the way, for his Frame Me In on Manly, which yep. we identified, but Mitch wins it, clearly. There's a, uh, a Best Headline Grabber Award, isn't there, of the year? Surely that goes to Kane Corns. Yep. Uh, because Fo Fox Footy has got the highest paid contributors, commentators, um, special comms list, probably of all time in Australian media. And the Fox footy and Fox sports social media handles just refer to one man all the time, Kane yep. Corns, and he doesn't even work for them. And yep. he produces more headlines than everyone on their books put together times 10. And I think the last one for the year, the Put the Fire Out Quickly Award goes to Bailey Smith, yep. who did it beautifully in the me culpa, the apology, walked out the front, gave the Young Herald Sun journalist a scoop. And move quickly, put the media, the AFLPA put a statement out, was honest, contrite, move quickly, no brand damage done. I would, I would argue, I argued at the time it could be brand enhancing, you may recall. And I would think in history, history might say it wasn't, it didn't do any damage. You're taking credit for that, are you? To his brand, oh yeah. with, with a view that was held by quite a few people at the time in question and you raising it maybe a week later. Did we miss one or was that it, you reckon? Oh, I don't know, we probably... We wrap it up, haven't we? Yeah. I'm not sure that worked. <laughs> so that was the that was the soundies. Jane Jane sort of thinks it did, but I think she's just happy with her work at the pre-production uh, intros. Yep. <laughs> Have we got any uh, post-production to finish up the awards? Oh, no, no, just I did promise. I know we parked this last week. Very, not even a very good story, but I'll tell it very quickly. Um, uh, Norm from Cheers, my favourite TV character of all time. <laughs> Sitting in a, in, I'm sitting in the Riviera Sports Bar in New York. Yeah, he, before you go, he's your favourite TV character. I, of all lo time. I loved Cheers as a kid. Loved yeah, it, loved it. You know, the, you know the exact seat I'm talking about? The Riviera Sports Bar in New York. Oh, the Riviera. Yeah, the yeah. one that we used to go to. 12.00 p.m. It was derelict when we used to go there. It's yep. been derelict for about, officially for 10 years. The TV experience there, magnificent. Beautiful but the food things. was so bad, you needed rubber gloves just to hold them in here. <laughs> you had to go over the, over the road to get something to eat. I'm used that joke that, many times. I'm sitting still in laugh. that stool, looking up at the nine screens for the 1 p.m. game. They embraced high-definition TV. They did. Early. And an hour to kill. I've got the New York Post and the Daily News sprawled in front of me and I'm at my happiest. And I read in the middle of the New York Post, you only got those lift outs that no one reads. I read that George Went, the actor that plays Norm, yep. has got a book out about beers. And George Went, you know, famous, who famously played Norm, most famous TV beer drinker, he's now a book about beers and he became an expert on beers over the years, George <laughs> Went. And he'd read about them and get, get knowledge. And so I was sitting there on my Blackberry at the time. <laughs> <laughs> And I Googled George Went publicist. 
in and a, a number came, an email came up, and I sent an email from the seat I was sitting in, <laughs> saying, "Oh, you know, we run a news bureau around the world, and I'd love to tell George Wood's story, but maybe some Australian beers." Yep. The response came through during the game, halfway through the third quarter of the Buffalo versus Carolina game. The publicist, "Oh, yeah, it's funny you should mention that. He's doing the PR rounds, which I spotted it as a PR yarn <laughs> in the paper." <laughs> so I said, well, "Whereabouts are you?" And the publicist came back and said, we're in New York this week. If, is that where you are? We'd be available for interview. And so I said, I'd love to do the interview. I'd love, I think I could syndicate this story through Australia. <laughs> My motive was to meet him more than it was to syndicate the story. But I thought, yeah, I, I'll get on the tools here and have a go at doing this yarn myself. I hadn't done a story in seven or eight years. They said, where would you like to be? And I said, the Australian bar on 37th Street. Oh. We'll get some Fosters and some Galton drafts out. Shocking joint. It's since subsequently closed, by the way, the Australian bar. But it, it, So... I walk into the Australian bar on Wednesday or Thursday afternoon at 4.40 and the old mate behind the jump goes, what are you doing here? And I say, oh, I'm here to have a beer with Norm from Cheers. And he laughs. And the next 10 minutes later, <laughs> the door opens and Norm walks in and I oh. By, by himself? Yeah, well, with the yeah. publicist five yeah. minutes behind. But he literally walks through the door like yep. he does in the television show, sat down on the stool for an hour and we had two beers, yeah. talked about beers. And recorded it. And recorded it and placed the story in three magazines. You did get yeah. it placed. Yeah. So I got paid... We got paid as a business because you were running that division at the time. No, I don't. I don't recall this story. Well, I think I mean, it was before my time, time yep. before I became general manager yep. of that business, Our news that, that division of that business. Our news bureau got paid to drink beer with Norm from Chile. That's the war story. Uh, what'd you make of Cal Toomey's effort yet again, Hutchie, in uh, in assessing in advance accurately up to number thirteen at least? Anyway, the AFL national I was, draft. I was impressed with everything, and he's done some great work with us on Sports Day too. I was impressed with everything until he pitched you as the head of media there. at AFL, why don't we do a story about me and my success rate? <laughs> and so how I did it, Cal Toomey's draft predictions and his modelling and his whiteboards is a story up on AFL.com at the moment. That is the jump the shark moment of the year, remember I've said. That's an early favourite for next year's Soundies. <laughs> he deserves all the credit he gets, though. When we're doing stories about how someone was accurate at picking the first 13 in the draft, that's when we, you know, we've jumped the shark. <laughs> Quite the happy day. He got 13, Hutchie. 13, 13. We've done it, we surely. No, we have done it. We have done it because the question of the week related to what you used to open the show today, that would be the AFL releasing the round one fixture at the same time as the Socceroos game starting. Can I just say on behalf of our partners, Drinkwise, as we wrap up um, Series 7, Episode 44, uh, by the way, um, fantastic campaign aimed at parents, which hopefully you've seen by now, it's magnificent, but they want to ensure everyone enjoys this time of year but stays safe and looks out for one another. If you're having a drink, do it in moderation. Make sure you can enjoy all the special moments with family and friends. Having lived that firsthand at the Socceroos, you know, have one beer, maybe two before the game. You go in, have a zero. You, you, you're there for the event. Could it take off in Australia? You're, I've, the dry stadium? People won't I'm for it. People won't want it. They'll hate it. But when you experience it, you know I've been what? calling for this just to do a one-off match, Hutchie. A one-off match yep. just to see how it goes. No, just, we, just one match we, out of the 198, or what is it this year? Yep. 200 and, we, and we don't 207, want that. isn't it? Because we've got an extra we round. We don't want that, and nor, nor, does, nor does drink-wise. It is about responsible drinking. It's about doing it in a, in a responsible manner, in a sustainable manner, and integrating it um, in, a, in a way you see fit. We don't miss the big moments. You don't miss the occasions. And um, please, during these holidays, don't over-race. Look after yourself, experience time with your family and friends, and yeah, enjoy a drink when you see fit, but don't do it in excess, Damo. So we thank them for their unbelievable seven-year commitment. They've been with us from day one, I think. From day one yep. to the sounding board and to Simon and Nathan and their team, we uh, unbelievably appreciate it. To Jane, who's done a spectacular job, real magnificent year. Jane, I know we run a distant second to Coro, Caro, I knew I was going to do that, Caro and Corrie. <laughs> 
on Don't Shoot the Messenger. It's, it's daylight between us and yeah. them, Hutchie. It we're is. not even second. We actually come third. Daylight second. Yep, we do. But uh, And to you, Damo, I'm sorry to interrupt your 22 weeks annual leave. Ten. And I'm, I'm now two weeks into it, so yeah. I've only got eight to go. And for those people who have been following us since day one, how nice has it been to watch Damo's cynicism get worse and worse year by year? And as he gets deep into his 50s, oh, it's going to get I think I'm uh, loosening up, Archie. I think I've actually been uh, been calming down a little bit. Do you? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> anyway. That was the year. Yeah, well done. And, and, and your break, what are you doing? We'll be back Super Bowl week in the new year for we'll those be, yeah, eight weeks off. We'll, we'll be back with you in, is no, it Arizona next I year? I don't know yet. To is be is it Arizona? Yep. Yep. And then Vegas the next year, isn't yep. it? Have you got tickets for that one? Because that's that one's going to be a very sought after ticket. I have, but I'm not sure. We'll see how see how the season goes. I've got a lot of bit of work to do, and uh, got some. <laughs> Actually, you just flew across to Doha for a World Cup match. I reckon you'll be at Super Bowl. Not, not to, that was work. Are you going to touch the Lombardi Trophy like you did famously a few years ago? That's enough for you, Damo. This has been the Sounding Board Series Seven, Episode Forty Four for Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise.